0: gender bias is undermining our social fabric and devalues all of us. It's Mm -hmm. not just human rights issue. It's a tremendous waste of our world's human potential. Mm -hmm. By denying women equal rights, we deny half the population a chance to live life at the fullest. Welcome to the Scaries brought to you by Razor Co. I'm Sky, And I'm Talitha. We are proudly
1: broadcasting from Treaty 4 territory here in Regina. And in each episode, we tackle alarming, inconceivable, questionable, shocking, and scary statistics relating to impacting
0: and intervening with the lives of women and girls worldwide. You'll hear the scary truth, take away tools and tips, and learn about what you can do about it. And the scariest is an opportunity to raise awareness, share resources, and collectively use our voices as women and supporters of women to make some real change. Um, the views expressed in this podcast are solely our own views, and this is for entertainment purposes only. The statistics are, though, valid in research. mm-hmm. um, and researched. Uh, and just note that some of the content we're sharing may be triggering to you, so please listen with caution. As straight, cisgender, white, able-bodied settler women, we are aware of the privilege
1: we have and we want to use this platform to spread awareness about the scary reality women from around the world face in different life situations. Why? Because sometimes nothing is scarier than being a woman.
0: In 2023, let's talk about what's happening in the world today. We're wrapping up 2023. I cannot believe it. I don't know where this year went. I have no idea. To be honest, I've been on mat the whole time, pretty much. And it's just been a blur um but let's talk about what happened what were the wins what were the losses what were the lessons that uh you know had an impact on women over this past year and where we what are we going to 2024 like what kind of shape Mm -hmm. are we in so we're going to talk about all of those things um and so just as a summary gender equality saw limited progress this year unfortunately with two of the global gender index goal indicators nearing their targets just two but at least there was two. Hey, but that's you better know, than nothing. Better than glass half full. Um, but no indicator has fully met its aim fully yet. So we're getting closer on the targets, but not nothing's closed. And this is a we know this from a couple of episodes ago on mm-hmm. the gender pay gap. Um, so deep seated biases still persist marked by unequal health access, unequal political representation, economic gaps, inadequate legal defenses and critical data for monitoring progress in missing is missing in many countries. Furthermore, 28 countries do not recognize women, women's equal rights in marriage and divorce. 28 countries around the world. I feel like this is why we drink. Yeah. This is why we have the <laughs> this is why we have wine. Yeah. For these episodes. Yeah. Um, Globally, 19% of young women are married before 18. Right now. Wow. 19, like 20% of women are married before they're 18. I'm not sure if that's by choice. I, I would say that's is. probably like
1: accounting for like child marriage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And there is a notable disparity in leadership roles, which we'll get into. So when I think about the year... Like I said, it's been a blur. I've been sleep deprived for the majority. I still am sleep deprived uh, with a little one. And um, but what I do know when I think about the year, as I know, there's definitely some highs and lows that we can touch on. And I'm sure you all can think back to how it's been.
1: Yeah. It honestly feels like such
0: a whirlwind. Totally.
1: Of a year like i just think about like where we were at the beginning of the year and like what we've gone through mm-hmm. as like individual humans as an organization that we run as a uh, city like where as, we live like yeah. so much has changed where we are too it's, it's just like yeah. you can just like keep pulling the lens back further mm-hmm. of like all of the things that have happened and so it's really wild and so <clears throat> when you had asked me to think about like some wins or losses or things that have happened in 2023 honestly the biggest thing that i could think about as because I was trying to stay positive because this is not going to be a very positive episode (laughs) um regardless of us laughing or not we laugh so that we don't cry um but uh one of the biggest things that I actually wanted to like celebrate was uh Christine Sinclair so she for those of you who don't know um she just recently retired uh at the beginning of December from a 23 year career on Team Canada as a soccer player. Um, and so something that I think is just really noteworthy of her and something that's really um, worth celebrating is that she's, I mean Canadian first of all, she's a woman in sport and she's she's played. 331 matches on t- for Team Canada, during which she scored 190 international goals. And so, like, just to put that into perspective, that's more than Christian Cristiano Ronaldo. Lion- yeah, Lionel Messi, Pele, Abby Wambach. I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Mia Hamm, or any other soccer player in history, she has more goals, international goals, than any of those players and christian ronaldo was like the biggest
0: player of all time isn't he
1: like one of yeah like Him so was messi and, 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 and Pelly i don't know i mean beckham didn't even i think
0: i think <laughs> beckham's like famous for other reasons i guess it's
1: all i mean about he's victoria let's be he, yeah, yeah he's he's a good soccer player but anyways like it's things like that that I really try to find the good in because being able to have leaders like her, especially for young women, especially for young women in sport or people in sport um, and accessing and wanting to pursue sports is just so tremendous. And we are so lucky to have her. So like, this is my like, that was huge. Yay. Miss Sinclair for really, truly crushing it and being like such a strong representation of what women can accomplish. And um, so, yeah, anyways, that was just like my like, hey 2023 wasn't all bad totally and And i think
0: like we'll get into the stats but they're very general and high level but when we drill down at the individual level of what what women are accomplishing by themselves there's probably so many things to celebrate we're not going to get into all of those because we'd be here all night and all day and like (laughs) into into 2025 (laughs) Um, but like yeah we can't forget about those individual successes and the ripple effect that they have to totally you know encourage and motivate so many more people to do the same thing. Well and
1: it's like that the thing that we talk about all the time in our work with Racer, which is that like when you can see it, you You then believe you can be it. Yeah. And so when you see someone at that level, at that caliber, at that and like also just like being like a really fantastic human Mm -hmm. on top of it, you're like, "Mm, I can do that. I can dream to be that. So anyways, uh that was my like just little blip of some happiness and we're gonna share a little bit more, but then it just pretty much goes downhill from there. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So we are going to share some national and international stats, facts, and figures to give you a global perspective of how gender equity has shifted both forwards, but primarily backwards across many factors in the majority of countries.
0: So we got to start off with the good news because I feel like it's just going to (laughs) be... A little a while but let's start with the good news and I'll start with a drink.
1: Have a have a nice little sip of wine if mm-hmm. you drink wine. Um Skylar does and needed yes. it to get. Yeah.
0: Off. yeah, so starting with the good news. This is positive so I'm celebrating. So, let's talk about women in global politics. Right now, more women than ever, ever before, hold political decision-making uh, positions worldwide. Hey, that's good. Totally. So, gender parity is still far off though compared to men, but there's more than ever before. So that's huge. So, and this is according to the 2023 edition of the IPU UN Women Map of Women in Politics. Okay. So the data shows that number of the number of women in political leadership roles, both in government and in parliament, has increased overall. But some regions fall behind, of course. So as of January 1st, at the beginning of the year, 2023, 113 percent right. of countries have women heads of state. So that's 17 out of 151 countries monarchy monarchy based systems excluded. Okay. So, it's not that much, but mm-hmm. still 10% 11%. That's not great, but but better than it was ever before. <sighs> Got to keep that in mind. <laughs> and 9.8% uh of countries have women heads of government, so women prime ministers or presidents, which is 19 countries out of 193. Again, we're not quite equal, but we're getting there. This is an increase compared to a decade ago when figures stood at 5.3% and 7.3%. So like almost doubling those those from a decade ago. Of all the regions, of all the countries, Europe continues to have the highest number of countries led by women. They have 16 countries currently led by women, which is huge.
1: That's so crazy. And I think thinking about back to like the gender pay um, Mm -hmm. gap, episode that we did and like that Scandinavian countries are doing so much better I wonder if like a lot of those factors are probably what totally have this to do with it the
0: top five countries that are closest to closing the gender pay gap are in Europe yeah are in like the Scandinavian countries so
1: makes sense and like Iceland is number one and Iceland has a female prime minister yep
0: It's one of those. Makes sense. Yep. So women represent 22.8% of cabinet ministers as of January 1st, 2023. And Europe and North America represent 31.6%. And in Latin America and Caribbean, they represent Mm -hmm. 30.1%. And they're the regions with the highest share of women in cabinets. So... Again, not quite equal, but we're getting there. We're climbing. In most other regions, though, women are severely underrepresented, (laughs) dropping as low as 10% in Central and Southern Asia and 8.1% in the Pacific Islands, Oceania excluding um, Australia and New Zealand. So, yeah, some areas are doing great, some not so much. Yeah. So only 13 countries, mostly in Europe, like we said, Mm -hmm. have gender equal cabinets as well, with 50% or more women cabinet members as a head of ministries.
1: Hmm.
0: Nine countries, most in the Oceania and Western Asia, have no women cabinet members heading ministries. So again, those are those ones that are pretty far behind. No women at all. None. The data also shows that although underrepresented, women are at the helm of other important policy portfolios, including environment public administration, and education. So we're leading the key areas, which are super important.
1: Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's like, you know, we're leading key areas, but not to be downer. <laughs> really? But not to be a downer. Not to be a downer. But I feel like that, that's going to be like the line of the episode, not to be a downer. Um, but we've also, like, and although that we've made significant strides for female representation in politics, full democracy needs the equal participation of women in all of its processes. It's so like continued violence and threats online and offline against women leaders, candidates and voters stifle the potential for their voices and knowledge to bring the change that is so urgently needed for economic and social recovery. And I think this is something that we will talk about in a future episode with someone who is in politics mm-hmm. um, because the violence and threats are rampant and like and visceral and oh totally like, i would love
0: to see some well we'll get into the stats but like i yeah. know there's a lot of stats on male prime ministers or male yeah. presidents as well but like in comparison there's just when you're a public figure there's all kinds of positive negative trolls attention all of that yeah. but for female prime ministers for political figures it is like so much more oh yeah like think about hillary clinton when she ran like oh it totally was yeah crazy um So yeah, we will get into that. Mm -hmm. And it actually doesn't surprise me, unfortunately, after we did the episode on cyber violence and... There is tons of room for improvement when it comes oh, to this, and yeah. women are disproportionately impacted by it. So mm-hmm. anyway, back to the positive, <laughs> please. Back to the card. At 2023, women at, work study, uh, women at Work Study, conducted by Deloitte of 5,000 women across 10 countries, unveiled that this year has seen a significant d- decrease in women who report feeling burnt out. Oh, what's that what's that like? I know, I don't know. <laughs> just under thirty percent versus forty-six percent last year.
1: That's actually like a, I mean, a decent. Yeah, that's increase. a good thing. But yeah, just wait, just or decrease, wait, just I guess. Wait, but... just wait, it doesn't. Okay, it sorry. <laughs>
0: And respondents say that their overall mental health and well-being is slightly better than last year. So burnouts lower and mental health, well-being, okay, a little bit better than pandemic times. Right. Let's be honest, what we're comparing to here. Right. Right um but with this stat fewer women say they they get adequate health mental health support from their employers and several factors point to the persistent workplace mental health stigma so the number of women who feel comfortable talking about their mental health in the workplace has dropped significantly though from last year to has dropped from 43% to 23 25% that's a huge drop oh my god in one year like 20% huge drop yeah. for people feeling comfortable speak about mental health in the office I think there's also
1: just, like, such, still such a stigma. And so even if they're, like, it's safe to talk about mental health here. If you're, like, okay, I have, like, anxiety and depression. They're, mm-hmm. like, ooh, don't, like, don't, you know, give her any feedback. Or, like, don't do anything that's going to put her off the deep end. And then you just feel othered. And, like, you're just then put totally. out, like, on an island. you are walking around eggshells. Yeah. Or, like,
0: even if you're, like, I need a mental health day off. It's, like, oh, they're not. They're shopping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. So Sometimes that's what you need, though, for your mental that health. that is therapy, 100%. <laughs> yeah. It is for me. Yeah. Um. And so with that, fewer people, fewer women feel comfortable disclosing mental health challenges as mm-hmm. the reason they take time off work, like I said. Mm-hmm. 39% in 2022 compared to 25% in 2023. The pressure to be always on is also worse, with 37% of women saying they're able to switch off from switch off compared to 45% in 2022. So mm-hmm. the burnout set, I'm just wondering if we're getting better at burnout. So we're just like, we don't notice we're burnout. We're kind of like numb to it it's because we're like the used status. to doing more. Yeah. Like yeah. we've been doing it for so long that it's just like, Oh, this is normal. I can handle it. Like I've just adapted.
1: Yeah. I, uh, absolutely believe that. I think that that is something that like, I think that people have been So burnt out for so long that you're like, oh, this is just what my life is now. Yeah. Like this. So I don't think I'm burnt out. I think this is just like what it is. But you're like, no, that's Mm -mm. no.
0: Yeah, that could be it. So, I mean, it's still in the positive section, but take it with what you will. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like all these positives were like, great, but. (laughs) Anyways, let's
1: uh, have some more positive strides, shall we? There's only a few more. Um, So some positive strides made by the Canadian or the government of Canada, Canadian government. uh, We should also note include the government of Canada recently announced bilateral agreements with Saskatchewan, Manitoba and Prince Edward Island. So provinces within Canada Mm -hmm. to support the implementation of the National Action Plan to end gender based violence. Um, These agreements address each province's challenges, needs and priorities under the Five pillars of the national action plan and I mean very great to see and hear that because as we know Saskatchewan has the highest highest rate of intimate partner violence and gender-based violence so uh, that's great that there is a plan in place Um, when the action of the plan is going to come to fruition we are not sure but at least there is something that is potentially being done about it uh, the government of Canada also made an investment of 160 million to sustain historic funding for Canadian women's organizations and equity-deserving groups, with a particular focus on Indigenous women, women with disabilities, members of the 2S LGBTQIA plus community, and newcomer Black, racialized, and migrant women. Finally, with funding from wages, 2S LGBTQIA plus community cap capacity fund justice trans new access to justice research project has identified programs solutions and steps for trans or for two-spirit trans non-binary and gender non-conforming communities to transform the justice system into one that is equal for all
0: So a lot of a lot of policies, a lot of writing's been being done in the last yeah. bit. So, I mean, we'll see if we see some of that come to fruition in the next number of years. Hopefully it doesn't take too long. That's the thing. it's It probably will be a number of years, but... But how long <laughs> is this action plan? Like a 10-year action plan? Usually they yeah. are. So we'll see. We'll, we'll
1: check back in uh, 2033. Yeah. <laughs> We're still here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> still here doing this. So, I don't want to cut things off when we're so excited about all the progress we've made. But yeah, there are quite a few losses this year, unfortunately, and reverses back mm-hmm. um, that we experienced worldwide in 2023. So, and I don't know really why. Like, why 2023? I can't pinpoint why this year we've had so many setbacks. I don't know. Wasn't that,
1: there was something in the gender pay
0: gap episode as well that we talked about, like, there being like a huge decrease in 2023. That's it reiterated in this one. Um, women in leadership roles. There's less of them um, now than last year or the year before, I think. So yeah, I don't know what happened specifically this year that like globally in so many areas, you know, that that's anyway, we'll get into it. Yeah. So from a bird's eye view, some of the key setbacks for women this year included... The global pandemic continues on, conflict, the climate crisis, and harsh backlash against women's sexual and reproductive health and rights, to name Mm, a few, just a couple. Um, And they're further diminishing the outlook on gender equality, all of those things, come combined together so violence against women remains super high global health climate and humanitarian crises have further increased the risks of violence against women especially for the most vulnerable women and girls and women feel more unsafe than they've ever done before before the pandemic in countries as diverse as in the u.s women and girls now have fewer rights than their mothers and grandmothers did hard to believe i don't know like i said what has happened Like. I don't know. After chatting about Barbie and like where we've gone and how much like, you know, every year took him a while to get the point, but like slowly learning and learning and adjusting and tweaking and changing. And then we're going back to things pre-grandma. That's crazy. Why? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Um, I also found that in Afghanistan, the Taliban has banned women from attending secondary school and university, pushing the the world further away from achieving the UN Global 5, or sorry, UN Global Goal 5 for gender equality. Banned women.
0: You know what I think it is, actually, now that I think I've got it. (laughs) She solved it. Well, I don't know what it is, but I think... Now more than ever, women are a lot more vocal or a lot – the power of us collectively is a lot more strong than ever before. So there's a lot more power to push back on us. True. To push yeah. us back down because we've gone so, – we've made so many strides forward. There's still a lot, long way to go, but we're finally like speaking out. We're taking those leadership roles. We, you know, we're moving yeah. into positions of power and decision-making, and people are seeing it and getting scared.
1: And then they and try to take it away. Do,
0: they're pulling out all their stops to mm-hmm. – pushes back to, in some areas anyway i mean which that's is also what telling
1: because education is like one of the best things that you can do mm-hmm. and whether that's like formal education or just like access to learning and so obviously that is scary for people and so then they ban women from yeah, they're accessing. just like scared
0: i don't want them to turn out like the, the women in the u.s or in canada so right. let's just stop them from attending school
1: yeah yeah um, so meanwhile, in Iran, women and girls have been at the center of the, of a nationwide uprising demanding an end not only to hijab requirements, but also to the Islamic Republic itself. So we saw a lot in the news about mm-hmm. that. There was a lot of violence. Um, um, but also a lot of global support, which, I mean, I that's what I saw anyways. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, a, maybe like a small glimmer of hope on this very sad stat. Yeah. Um, so then in the U.S., I don't even want to read this one. But the <laughs> Supreme Court voted to overturn Roe v. Wade, a landmark ruling that happened in the 70s that safeguarded the right to abortion access uh, across the U.S. Since then at least 13 states have banned abortion, meaning that Americans in these states with regressive anti-abortion laws now have fewer human rights protections than authoritarian regimes such as Saudi Arabia.
0: (laughs) It's mind-blowing to me that with all the things happening in the world, like wars and poverty and crimes and climate change and violence, like, all of those things, we need to spend time on controlling women's bodies. Like, these are the hills that they're willing to die These are the things in. that we need to really focus on, because there's not yeah. enough going on that's, like, literally our world is burning, and we just yeah. need to say no abortions. Like, yeah. that's going to solve everything. Come
1: on. You said the world is burning. This is just like, do you know that it's actually called global boiling now? Well, yeah. Seriously. So, like, the world is burning. truly boiling, um, and they're like, do you know what? We should... Takeaway is the choice to have an abortion if a woman needs that for herself or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) mind boggling. Um, When we look at the workplace, we are also seeing a lower percentage of women in decision making role, leadership roles, um, than a couple years. Before. So, LinkedIn data in the new global gender gap report of 2023 shows hiring rates of women in leadership roles has stalled as the world faces continued upheaval, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, everything's the wars are having, the world's boiling, and women are like, okay, hey, I kind of got, st- I'm not stress focused on my career. I got to like, yeah. save my family. Right. Yeah. Um, so, the report indicates that the rate at which women are being hired into leadership roles has fallen to 2021 levels globally. So, back or back mm-hmm. a couple years ago, mm-hmm. um, including in major economies like the UK, US, Brazil, and India. The actual proportion of leadership roles held by women has dropped to 32%, which is the same level as the height of the pandemic in 2020.
1: It, I always just get so sad about the, especially, and I know these are like tradition leader, traditional leadership roles mm-hmm. in the sense of like where you fall on the, the hierarchy in an organization, but just like the fact that they don't see value and like further supporting and encouraging and like uplifting women to get into leadership roles
0: um uh, i guess that's why we exist Sky. Mm -hmm. it's it's a probably a dance between what's happening in the world like we talked about where women don't have the capacity or like the support network to go for those things because Mm -hmm. they're fighting for their basic human needs and wherever they're living you know what i mean Mm -hmm. they're fighting for their families but also the systems in which they're trying to fight in aren't supporting their growth and their progression so there's two sides to the coin but okay so
1: what i also found interesting from that same study that you were just talking about was that women account for almost half so 49.7 percent of workers on linkedin but their representation decreases exponentially as they move up the chain in command or of command this drop to the top quote unquote is taking place across every single industry but it's Mm. starker in some than others there is no sector in which the majority of leadership roles are held by women even those where women make up most of the total workforce. So in education, for example, women make up 60% of entry-level jobs, but only 39% of top positions. The same goes for consumer services, where the proportion of roles held by women drops from 57% to 38% as we jump from entry-level to C-suite. Across industries, nearly half, 46% of entry-level positions are held by women, but this almost halves to 1 in 4, 25% at the C-suite level. Then, when we look at the C-suite roles in STEM industries, in isolation, it halves again to 1 in 8, 12%. Wow. Mm -hmm. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) There's like just points in episodes where we're just like... (laughs) It's so no can yeah,
0: there's no words yeah <laughs> no. exactly yeah and it all it all reinforces our last ep- our several last episodes that bring across the same yeah. similar themes about and the most recent one or a couple bu- uh, episodes back about the global gender pay gap yeah and why this all aligns an annual review by the UN women and the UN Department of Economic and Social Affairs examines the state of gender equality within the framework of the seventeen sustainable development goals. At the current rate, we risk leaving more than three hundred and forty million women and girls in abject poverty by twenty thirty. And an alarming four percent could grapple with extreme flood insecurity by that year. Oh so that's God. where we're at now. Even with significant progress in certain sectors, we are we as we approach the halfway mark of of 2030, the 2030 agenda for sustainable development, monumental challenges remain. Some of those are, and there are a number of them, so we're going to split these up. Poverty is the number one thing. The report forecasts that by 2030, 8% of the global female population, approximately 342 million women and girls will continue to live on less than $2.15 US a day. Only 42% of countries have sex desegregated. Segregated poverty data readily available, mm. impeding targeted intervention. So we don't even know if that captures everyone. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, wow. Leaving on two dollars in- with this day's inflation, you can't even like get on the bus for that. Like, it's- no, you
1: actually can. Like, trying to even think like you can't what you park can buy. for that? Like, no. Yeah.
0: Well, you're not. You probably don't have a car. I don't but- think you
1: can buy milk for that. Like, no, milk's like five dollars. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, not that. That's like. <laughs> the standard but seriously, but like,
0: like yeah. wow yeah so over thir- 380 million women and girls are living in extreme poverty today and that's more than the entire population of the united states living on less than a dollar 90 a day
1: not even less
0: we're still if current trends continue more women and girls will live in extreme po- poverty in the sub-saharan africa by 2030 than today that is not the way we want the graph line to be turning mm Poverty is not gender neutral either. In fact, the majority of the world's poor are women. Why? Good. Poverty disproportionately affects women because they do not have as many opportunities across the world as men to receive education. As we know, mm-hmm. in those countries, they can't even get an ac- access education, mm-hmm. um, work, or own property. So mm-hmm. that's another episode: poverty and homelessness for women. We'll mm-hmm. get into yeah. So yeah, that's that's one key thing. Food insecurity is another one. These go hand in hand with poverty. Uh-huh. So while progress is narrowing in the gender gap in food insecurity, roughly 24% of women and girls still may still experience moderate to severe food insecurity by 2030. Gender disparities in agriculture persist and limited access to land, resources and ownership affecting productivity. The world is in a grip of unprecedented and growing hunger crisis yeah. with everything happening. Yeah. The devastating convergence of conflict, climate change, COVID uh, has already placed in the world's poorest uh, poorest under enormous strain. But the war against Ukraine now threatens to push millions of people into the most acute classification of hunger there is, which is famine. How are we, like, I don't know. I never thought I would experience these, like, full on plague of COVID and then famine and like like it's everything. Like,
1: thing like things you like learn about in the Bible. Yeah. Like that's like literally b-
0: biblical like sense. Totally. Things. And yeah. this is what we're living in now. What are they gonna think about us when they're studying us from like thirty years from now? I don't know. Yeah. Women are more likely than men to experience food insecurity, like I said, and the gender gap is growing. Globally in 2022, nearly one in four women experienced moderate or severe insecurity and it's only predicted to get worse if action isn't taken immediately.
1: Good. Uh, So the next thing that impacts these, what we're talking about is quality education. So increases in girls' enrollment and education are commendable but nearly 110 million girls and young women could remain out of school by 2030 if progress stalls. Mm
0: -hmm. Gender
1: gaps in education and training opportunities persist and affecting future earning potentials and overall development. So around the world, girls disproportionately miss out on education. A third of the world's poorest girls between 10 and 18 have never attended school. And in rural areas, 61% of girls do not attend secondary school. The COVID-19 pandemic also resulted in more learning losses for girls than for boys and uh, saw an increased risk of facing child labor, gender-based violence, early marriage, and pregnancy. Yet, girls' education is integral to virtually every aspect of ending extreme poverty. Mm -hmm. As we said, when girls receive a quality education, every area of their lives and communities benefit. Keeping girls in school supports economic growth, promotes peace and helps fight climate change. Women who complete secondary education go on to make higher incomes with each additional year of schooling, boosting a girl's earning potential as an adult up to 20%. <laughs> no
0: words again. Yeah.
1: How? Why? Uh, the, yeah, it's great. The next thing is clean water and sanitation. So, while more women ha- now have access to safe drinking water, around 380 million women and girls live among amid high or critical water stress, a number mm-hmm. projected to increase to 674 million by 2050 due to climate change. And, like, arguably... Okay, first of all, actually, I think that, like, access to clean water is a universal human right. Is that oh, not? 100%. And that's yeah. like,
0: something I totally take advantage of. Like, totally. I never think about that. And then there
1: are also, like, I'm, and this is, like, the intersectionality of it, but, like, there are um, First Nations in Canada that have had, like, a boil watery advisory, meaning, like, they cannot drink their water mm-hmm. for, like, 20 years. And, the, like, no one is doing anything about mm-hmm. it. So then, like, if you can't just, like, go... That just, like, impacts your
0: entire way of life. You have to get the Culligans, which costs, like, 20 bucks for, like, two jugs. And then to get there, you're probably not living. Like, it's a whole thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, just, like, having access to clean water and then obviously sanitation and, like, clean space. So, like, I mean, when you're, like, on your period, for instance, you need to be able to, like, clean yourself Mm -hmm. and, like, have a clean space. And it not being sanitary and, like, not even having, like, clean water to do that. Yeah. It's... Just, I mean, that's just then like you're not going to go to school because of totally, whatever. It like it just like keeps snowballed. piling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the last thing that I want to cover is affordable and clean energy. So, approximately 340 million women and girls could lack access to electricity by 2030, with clean cooking fuels remaining out of reach for many. Universal electricity could elevate 185 million women and girls from poverty by 2050 and modern cook stoves could prevent 6.5 million pollution related deaths. So I know that there are like a bunch of um, like tech startups and different things that are focusing on these like clean energy Mm -hmm. and like modern cook stoves and that type of thing that they can take into like very impoverished areas. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but then having, access to that having the money to like fund those things to then get them to the places it's totally
0: but the things like i didn't even this was never on my radar like i would never think of i didn't even hear about i don't even hear about this unfortunately like Mm -hmm. why what's happening yeah pollution related death 6.5 million yeah like what Mm -hmm. okay so plain and simple women are suffering across the world this is just a fact so Try to fight with us as you will. There's we have pages and pages of notes to tell you otherwise. So there's not a single country in the world that's achieved gender equality after all these stats we shared. Yep. On a global level, there's been little progress on the gender equality since global goals, goals were signed in 2015. There's been little progress. Almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. A third of countries have made no progress since then. And of these, 18 countries have seen gender inequality worsen with Venezuela, Afghanistan, Algeria, Belarus, Kuwait, and Ecuador as the worst affected. Things have gotten worse. <laughs> the worst countries for gender equality in 2022 were Sudan, Yemen, Afghanistan, and Chad, which I think are the same for 2023 mm-hmm. from the last a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. South Sudan has some of the highest rates for forced marriage and maternal mortality. In Chad, child marriage is also widespread among girls, reducing girls' education and resulting in one of the highest rates of early childbearing worldwide. Gemini women cannot marry or receive health care without the permission of their male guardian and do not have equal rights to divorce or child custody. The legal system has few provisions for the protection of women who experience domestic and sexual violence there, leaving some women vulnerable to becoming the victims of so-called honor killings. This is still happening.
1: The, like, femicides and, like, mm-hmm. honor killings, that is going to be something
0: that we have to talk about in another yeah, episode. we will definitely get into that. But it's... It's, like, giving me chills already. Yeah, like, I'm it's absolutely horrendous. We're going to need a box of wine for that episode.
1: <laughs> We're <laughs> going to those, like, hats that have, yeah. like, the drink. <laughs> you can just wear it. <laughs> Straws. Uh,
0: we do not condone drinking as no. a to, like... Yeah. No. It's these teens just... drink responsibly, but yeah. These are it's all just, jokes. This is a joke. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, in Afghanistan also, the UN experts uh, revealed in March of 2023 that 20 years of progress for women and girls' rights have been erased since the Taliban has taken over the country. Erased.
1: Well, along those same lines, over 1.2 billion women and girls live in places where safe access to abortion is restricted. So access to abortion is a central part of sexual and reproductive health and rights essential to the mission to achieve gender equality and end extreme poverty. Yet, it remains illegal in several countries and restricted in many others, including our friends to the South, Mm -hmm. Uh, with over 1.2 billion women and girls uh, of reproductive age, so 15 to 49 living in countries and areas where access to abortion is restricted, and 102 million living in places where access to abortion is prohibited altogether. That's according to UN Women. Unsafe abortion is a leading but preventable cause of maternal mortality. An estimated 25 million unsafe abortions take place each year, leading to the hospitalization of about 7 million women a year in developing countries and up to 13.2% of maternal deaths Globally, Wow. Yeah. The repercussions of unplanned pregnancies can also prevent women and girls from furthering their education and careers with knock-on effects on their income. A study conducted in several countries in Africa, including Kenya, Rwanda, and Uganda, for example, found that 56% of adolescent girls from hard-to-reach populations who had dropped out of school were currently or recently pregnant. Hmm. This is actually also something that we want to do in another episode. I feel like yeah. every single time we're like, we have another
0: episode coming about this. But this all is all something- of these things. Yeah. I mean, these are still issues we face and they're scary. So yeah. we're going to continue to talk about them. All. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is a glimpse of, of spoiler alerts of what we're going to be getting into later. Yeah. Um, so on that note, 12 million girls under 18 are still married each year. Why? Because child marriage is the formal or informal marriage of chi- a child under 18. So really most of these are child marriages. Mm-hmm. Most often this is the marriage of a young girl to an older boy or man. Child marriage is still prevalent in many parts of the world and is exacerbated during the humanitarian crises. Mm-hmm. It can be conflicts, pandemics, climate change with girls from the poorest rural household- households suffering the most. The UN report states, um, That in 2021, nearly one in five women aged 20 to 24 were married before turning 18 from across countries. Girls from wealthy families in Bangladesh have been forced into marriages as children. Syrian refugees, girls displaced by conflict have been married off before they were ready. American girls from Christian families have been victims of child marriage. And girls living Mm -hmm. in poverty in Myanmar have been married off to older men in China. So this is happening everywhere. It doesn't matter where you're from, what you do, how much money you have. This is happening all the time. Mm -hmm. So to eradicate child marriage by 2030, progress must be 17 times faster than it is than the previous decade. 17 times.
1: And that means like putting all the resources and energy just into that. So it's obviously going to take, it's not going to be eradicated by 2030. Uh, I actually saw this like really lovely post on social and it was about I want to say a like a tribal chief um, in Africa and I can't remember which country it is. So excuse me, but um, and she had spent like so much time just eradicating um, child marriages. Mm -hmm. Like she got, I, I, this is a, a, terrible story because i don't have any of the, the statistics but like she spent like she spent so much time just like eradicating and like getting girls out of these child marriages mm-hmm. um that's just like everything that she puts her effort into and it was a really nice highlight of her but it was also just like very scary to think about because it's not something that we see every day here that you know like we can yeah, see totally. like poverty and we can see like issues of not accessing abortion and we can see issues of all of those things but like child marriage is just something that we don't see every day in Canada, especially because like they have like very strict laws and like more intense protections Mm -hmm. over it. So then like in those international countries, it gets a little bit more difficult. Totally. From the murder of Sarah Everin in the UK at the hands of a serving police officer to a 19 year old set on fire after refusing her attackers advances in India. Mm -hmm. Violence against women and girls is pervasive around the world. If you need more details on this, you can listen to our episode one. But it's not just violence at the hands of strangers that women and girls have to worry about. It's those closest to them too. So one woman or girl, ready for this, is killed by someone in her own family every 11 minutes. Globally, more than 1 in 10 women and girls aged 15 to 49 were subjected to sexual and or physical violence
0: by an intimate partner in 2021. It's like mic drop there. Like, I don't know what else to say. No, like every 11 minutes. Every 11 minutes. Yeah. So then on another scary note, it could take another 286 years to remove discriminatory laws for women and girls. 286 years? So... (laughs) Okay. How? What are these laws? So laws that enshrine gender equality, like paying men and women the same for the same work or prohibit discrimination against women and guarantee equal rights are all crucial to ensuring women have equal legal rights and protections. But unfortunately those aren't really alive and mm-hmm. well in most countries. No. Nope. Uh, gaps rem- remain in many countries and at the current rate, it may take up to 286 years, six years to secure these legal, legal frameworks.
1: I'm always really interested in how they like calculate these things. Like
0: 286 years—that's also very specific. But like, it must just be like the progress. That's true. Like I don't know because there's probably going to be so many things that have to change in order for that. Uh, so they're like so they're, it's they're gonna using take those ten stats, years like, to like yeah for that to change in order for this to potentially change for that to potentially change. So I don't know, but yeah, that's, that's wild time. So really, to sum all of this up, gender bias is undermining our social fabric and devalues all of us. It's mm-hmm. not just human rights issue. It's a tremendous waste of our hu- world's human potential. Mm-hmm. By denying women equal rights, we deny half the population a chance to live life at the fullest. So what can we learn? So we talked about the the positives, a few positives. There's a couple. The several negatives of what happened this year, but clearly we can learn a lot. There's never, it's never a waste. We're always learning right and growing. Mm -hmm. Hopefully Mm -hmm. our history's repeated itself, unfortunately recently. Um, But we can still learn something and take, take these lessons forward into 2024. So we're going to end on a positive note of what you can do to take action, add these to your resolutions. So let's just share a couple. So number one, challenge these gender stereotypes with all the progress we've made, we're still bombarded with gender stereotypes, unconscious biases that all lead to microaggressions, violence, and more. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the media, advertising, and pop culture, and you find them everywhere, think of the things that people say to you that you're wondering like, ooh, this is cringeworthy. It's not even always easy to challenge stereotypes in the moment, especially when you're at work or you feel uncomfortable and it's like you're someone with different level of power. So for most of us, this really takes practice to challenge stereotypes. Even if you need to think through a response, you can always go back to someone and say, Hey, I've been thinking about yeah. what you said. And I don't know if you knew this, but this is how it's, it made me feel and tell them about it. Um, so yeah, just the challenging of unconscious biases, your, your own and that of others mm-hmm. is going to be a huge mind shift, I think in general. yeah. And we need to, to take that in moving forward. Another thing we can do is model and promote healthy relationship skills. Couldn't we all benefit from this? (laughs) Honestly, we can all practice and model these skills for our our sake and the sake of everyone watching us. So again, just try to model that for your families, for the young ones watching and growing. Just be like, kind to each other. And yeah, everyone's equal. Let's Mm -hmm. just teach that to our kids. And yes, Mm -hmm. build the culture of consent. Another thing that we can share with our families and and children. A recent survey of the women, um, the Canadian Women Foundation conducted, found that even after increased public discussions about sexual violence only 28 percent of people in canada fully understand what giving and getting consent really means the good news is that many agree that education is key to building stronger and public understanding for consent so the more we talk about it the more we listen to podcasts like this the more you can educate consent isn't only about sexual behavior saying yes and no without pressure it's about coercion and the misunderstanding, it's all a part of all those things is about consent. So you mm-hmm. got to dig a little deeper. Think about all the ways you can open up dialogues on consent, particularly with children. Particularly with children. I yes. like that. That's something yeah. that you and I talk about a lot. Oh, is like, totally. Especially like we with We don't our have kids. to give a hug if you're not ready to give a hug. Like, yep. no, let's not pressure it or a kiss or whatever. Like, yep. Nope. You have your own space. Yep. Um, here's another good idea since we had so many celebrations coming up, Christmas, New Year's, what else is coming in your new year, but repurpose an event with friends and family. If uh-huh. you have something coming up, get your friends and family involved by repurposing that event to fundraise for programs or mm-hmm. not charities or things that are driving the action towards equity, um, in your community around the world. I like that. So try that. I know you do that a lot with your, I do. <laughs> your son's birthdays. It's always let's adopt a puppy at the same time. <laughs>
1: I do. Every time we have a a birthday party for Haven, it's, uh, I always bring a rescue and have rescue dogs there. And then I'm like, hey, if you want to donate and then also just take a puppy home, you
0: should do that. Totally. Yeah. We got to start making our birthdays like something about ending domestic violence and all the things. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. So another option here for you, another action is push for an end to violence. Sounds big, but there's things you can do. So the sheer scale of gender-based violence in Canada is shocking. As we've chatted about, so many women, girls, trans, non-binary people face high rates of physical, sexual, and emotional abuse. Rates are higher for women who face multiple discriminations based on other factors like race, disability, and age. So for years, advocates have been calling for the National Action Plan to end this violence. We have it. Now's our chance to action it. So take the time to read this plan. It's all fully available online. You just have to Google it. Read what it's about. There's all kinds of campaigns going on, but like promote those, advocate those, amplify those, um, make, like bring awareness to it yeah. so that people can know about what's happening. Let your boy- voice be heard.
1: Yes, exactly. <clears throat> so the next thing you can do is better support those dealing with abuse. Uh, check out episode one and two for links and resources and tips. I'm not going to list the whole Gamut of those right now, but uh, there are a lot of different things that you can do to support those uh, going through and suffering with abuse. The next is find and be a mentor. So, because of its transformative impact on women and girls, mentorship is actually a key part of the many programs that uh, we put together that we Fund that we are a part of. Mentorship can boost confidence and provide positive role models and encourage mentees to reach their full potential. You can check in your workplace, your school, and in your community for those opportunities. And we actually at Raise Her Co, alongside the U of R Champions of Change Club, offer a mentorship program called She's Here. Uh, It'll be launching in like a couple of weeks from the time that this episode goes live. Um, But you can check out our website for more details if you want to get involved in the next iteration of it next is promote inclusive leadership. So women remain underrepresented in professional and political leadership roles as Skylar so eloquently went over at the beginning of this episode, systemic barriers and outdated ideas about what it means to be a leader still get in the way. So uh, being a part of the change and promoting that inclusive leadership is a huge step last, but certainly not least give where the need and opportunity is greatest. Advance gender equality by donating to grassroots programs, nonprofits, charities, and gender equality efforts in your community. They support those who need it most, transforming lives today and making our communities and our nation a more gender equal and equitable place. So with that, thank you so much for joining us today. As we confronted these terrifying but real life statistics impacting women and girls, we are laughing because that was depressing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But next year is going to be better. It's going to be better. This episode at the end of
0: next year is going to be a whole new story. Yeah,
1: we're going to be very excited to share all the fantastic things that happened. Uh, Stay tuned for more ways to make a positive impact. Together, we can make
0: the world a little less scary for women and girls. So follow us on Instagram at racerco and at scaries.podcast and on TikTok at racerco. Remember that change starts with awareness and action. So thank you for being a part of the Scaries community and making this world a little less scary for it to exist as a woman. Bye.